Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. crying seriously like I don't have anything to say after that this morning like really how awesome truly like thank you Jared like if we kind of think about God and think about what he does in our lives we can't ignore the profound impact and care that he has for us and this morning before we even kind of start That is something that we need to grab hold of today. That we're not merely people wandering on this planet, having no purpose and nothing to do and just kind of get busy. Yes, we do the day-to-day because that's normal, but there's purpose and plan and anointing and authority that comes with following Jesus. And this morning, gosh, if, if we question whether he's in our world or in our circumstance or on the brink of what he might want to do with us. My prayer is that already that we're beginning to get an understanding of the profound love that God has for us here in this place. From singing what we've done, from Kieran sharing an incredible encouraging word already, there is no question that this morning that God is here ready to just ignite something in us and move us to a place where there is full trust under his plan. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into what I hope is an incredibly fun morning, but also an incredibly inspiring morning to hear what God has to say for us. Father, we come before you and we already know that you are surely in this place. And that we're not forsaken and we're not left alone and that we're not in a position where we're walking this road by ourselves. If we feel like that this morning, my prayer is that this is a revelation today, that there is a God in heaven who desperately wants to be in a relationship with us. That there's a community of people who want to journey together and bring all of us into the fullness and understanding of what God has for us. I just thank you that this morning that my words bring life, that bring your truth and that help us to continue to grow from strength to strength as we walk this journey and follow you, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Cool. So let me sign in. I made a new cover, like hot pink. Nice, huh? I was really excited what I was doing last night. I was like, oh, you know what? Let's change it up. So, okay, this has been an interesting week for me um, because... I had a message written, ready to go, and I was really excited about it because I thought, oh, you know what, this is going to be great, and it's a really good message, not because of what I necessarily have to say, it's more about what God has to say, and it's talking about the authority of Jesus and how we submit under his lordship and all this incredible thing that we're learning and will learn, and the whole time God's telling me something else. And I'm ignoring it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about this because this is a really fun topic and I can kind of pick whatever I want because Mark's speaking at the rocks this weekend. So I get to pick whatever I want. 
Yet this kind of little voice kept going in my brain or kind of this awareness to go, I really need you to talk about this. So did I obey? Well, of course the answer is yes. But did I obey in time? Probably not as when I should have done it on Monday. So yesterday at 12 o'clock, I just flipped everything around and really feel like this is a particularly um, significant time in our church to really give us the tools and the abilities and the encouragement with what God would have us do as we kind of lead a nice slow runway in 2020. So last week we talked about, um, well, we kind of wrapped up the topic, I suppose, of James and how our words, if we're engaging in gossip and unkind words and just dissension and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't do too well for us and it doesn't do too well for the people that we're with. So we've got a really clear way that if we follow the plan that he has before us about what we should do when we're talking about connecting with people and how we speak about people and to people and really engage in a positive way what that can actually look like in our lives. So if you haven't listened to that message, I highly recommend going to download the podcast and have a really good listen from last week's message as we wrap that up. But it kind of so happens that this week I'm kind of flipping the coin and I'm actually looking at um, a different kind of topic. So, well, no similar topic, but it's kind of the flipping of the other side of the topic, I should say. So I've been reading this book um, by Joel Osteen, and it's called I Declare. And I love this book because he really talks about the promises over our lives. And the one thing that I'm going to hover in over today is how we can use our words to bring life or we can use them to bring death. And that Bible actually says that. So it's not even my words, it's actually God's words. And when I kind of started unpacking that, I was a little bit like far out. Life, and it's not like sadness or despair, it's like life and death. Like that's a big word. They're two really strong words. They're not just oh, a little bit happy and a little bit sad. It's life and death, and they come from the power of our tongue. And I just was like, okay, this is one for me to kind of really dig deep into and see what God says about that. So I've been working through this book, and each day there's a declaration of what would be speaking life over yourself and your circumstances. And I love this guy because he is unapologetic when it comes to his themes and messages that he talks about hope, joy, life, all of those things, and really has a great um, anointing for that kind of stuff. So certainly I hope that I do it justice this morning as we unpack it. If you're interested, we don't have any on sale today because like I said, this was 12 o'clock yesterday, so you know, can't work that fast. But you can actually get it online, Amazon, Coolrong, wherever. So, and it's not that expensive, it's about 13 bucks. So if you're interested, take a snapshot of the screen and you can get yourself a copy. It's a very, very good book. So, our words have creative power, right? And whenever we speak something, either good or bad, we're actually giving life to what we're saying. Do we realise that? Do we actually consider that as a possibility? Hmm. Too many times, I think, as, as people and, some, and, and Christians as well, we sometimes say too many negative things and we kind of 
focus on that because it seems to be far more natural to kind of say how bad our kids are or how crap our job is or how difficult traffic is or all of those things because they seem pretty evident in front of our eyes and it's quite easy for us to lean into that side of speaking stuff out. We can say things like, I'll never be successful. Oh, business is going slow because of the market or, yeah, I'm never going to lose weight or, like, I never was good at school, so what makes me think I'm going to succeed now? Uni's just so, like, far away. I'm not even going to bother. I'm only in year 10. I'll take it seriously when I get to year 11 or 12. All of that kind of stuff. We might have that as our script as such. Now, we don't realise that what we're actually doing, and some of us may realise this, but a majority of us may not actually realise that what we're doing is we're actually prophesying our future. And I'm going to unpack with what that looks like today. Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, in the chapter 18, verses 21, he actually tells us that we will eat the fruit of our words. And this actually means that we'll get exactly what we've been saying. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Just pause there for a second. The tongue, the thing we eat, chew, do other things with, has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That is a big statement. There's no ambiguity in that statement. What we say can absolutely shape our future. It can bring life or it can bring death. Today, we're in a position to choose. Every moment of every day, we're in a position to choose. And my prayer is that we, if we're not already, but we certainly can get to a place where we're choosing life every time. We, what we say has great power. Our words hold weight and they actually have the course to change our lives. The key here is, and if there's nothing that you want to write down this morning or remember, I would encourage you to remember this particular statement. We have got to send our words out in the direction we want our life to go. Because if we are saying that words are life, then we are positioned to speak what we want to see in our future. We will. Now, this is not a suggestion. It's the truth about what God says. We will produce what we say. We will. If we want to know what we're going to be like in five years, just listen to what we're saying about ourselves right now. With our words, we can either bless our future or we can curse our future. That's why I'd encourage us never to say, well, I'm a really bad parent. Or, gee, I'm clumsy and unattractive. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'll probably lose my job, so why try? 
Now, having said this, I know thoughts come into our mind. I know they do. That's normal. That's the, that's the course of life. And there's a whole other message that I won't even unpack about capturing our thoughts and holding them captive and all of that stuff, but we're not going to go there today. But just know that there's a whole host of other kind of tools that we can use to help us on that side of our thinking. But initially, negative thoughts are going to come across our mind all the time because that's life, that's nature, that's what happens. However, there's a difference because God says, doesn't say life and death in the power of the mind because he realises that sometimes that's tricky and we've got to do a bit of work out there. He says life and death in the power of the tongue. So it means the action, the verb is we're doing something about it. That's where life and death is. Now, thoughts may come to our minds, but we cannot make the mistake of verbalising them. That's the difference. The moment we speak them out, we allow it to kind of hold weight, okay? Now, there have been plenty of times that I've actually thought some stuff or, um, you know, I'm about to say something negative. And by all means, I'm not saying that I've got it all together and I never do this. I'm a work in progress like all of us, that we've all got to learn this together and we've all got to practice together. And that's the reality of it. If there's a community that is willing to step in and do the things of God, that we iron sharpens iron, then we're in a probably a really good position to kind of give this a red hot go and start to see what God says about stuff rather than what we think about stuff. So what I do, if I feel as though I'm kind of starting to get to negative Nelly, which was this week, mind you, because there's a whole host of stuff going on and I was really not happy about it and I was ready to arc up and start saying certain things. And then I think, no, shut your mouth, Louisa. I'm not going to speak defeat or failure into my future. I will speak favour into my future. I will declare I'm blessed, I'm strong, I'm healthy. This is going to be a great year. I'm going to finish strong. When we, flipped, when we flip the script, we're actually blessing our future. Now, what I've declared there isn't the reality yet. But I'm not going to sit in what the reality is. I'm going to sit in where God is. That's the difference. About two years ago, we had bought a house that we um, are currently living in. And really exciting, we had bought it with the aim to um, renovate or extend. And so it's really, really cool. We put a five-year plan together about what we were going to do and when we were going to start plans and gathering kind of the finances together and all that kind of stuff. So about a year ago, so this, so remember, we've been in there two years, five-year plan. About a year ago, Mark and I felt God kind of stir us up a bit and say, I think you need to start working on your plans now, getting the motion going. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's not five years. That's a little bit earlier than five years. Hmm, okay, well, we'll give it a go. We kind of get with the green light, so let's do it. No problem. Well, anyway, we went, met with a designer, created a design that loved, also then met with a builder. When we met the builder, it was interesting because um, the builder told us that the project would cost more than we originally estimated. And I'm like, right. So this is what my first response was. Well, that's impossible. We can't afford that. Maybe in five years, if that. But no, I don't think we're ready to build that house. Um, no way that's going to happen. No, nah, I just think we kind of need to pull back and stick to our five-year plan. My thoughts were there, but I knew better than to speak them, right? Because initially, Mark and I had felt that God had given us the green light to do this. So... My attitude was, if I prophesy my future, I want to prophesy something good. 
I'm not saying what I feel. I'm not saying what it looks like in the real world. No, I'm saying what God says about the situation. So my declaration was this. God is supplying all of our needs. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. This may seem impossible, but I know God can do the impossible. When God gives vision, He always provides provision. Okay. Now I can sit in the lack and the doubt, or I can speak life and truth into my future. I need to give God the opportunity to confirm His Word. And I need to play a part in that. Or Mark and I need to play a part in that. Now, I'm not in denial of our current situation. The money hasn't magically appeared in my bank account. I haven't automatically won lotto and things have happened the way they have. But, and so my circumstances are still real, but what I have to do is declare the truth of what God says, speak life to my situation and allow him to work it to where it will come into fruition. So there's a process. Now, it may still be a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, but the reality is I'm not going to sit there and allow what may not happen, but rather I'll focus on what I would declare to happen. Going back to what Solomon wrote in Proverbs is quite possibly one of my favourite scriptures. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So my question is this, everyone. What are we saying about our future? What are we saying about our family? What are we saying about our finances? Only you know what script you're choosing to read and what script you're choosing to stand on. Because there is a script. There is. We can't deny that there isn't. It's going to be which one we're going to actually stand on and declare. Make sure the words we are sending out are in the direction we want to go. This is a really interesting story, and it comes from the book I declare, the one that I've spoken about. And I really liked it, so I wanted to share with you how profound this actually situation is. So in the 1990s, Jose Lima was considered one of the best pitchers in baseball, right? In one season, he won 21 games, and apparently that's really, really good, which I thought, okay, good on you, well done. When the team moved from the Astrodome, is where they were practising, to their new ballpark, um, something interesting happened to Jose, and I'm thinking, okay, what happened to Jose? Well, the fence was much closer to the left field, and those baseball buffs, you'll understand that. I didn't quite have to kind of look it on the internet and work out what that meant. So basically what that means is if the left field is closer, it means it favours the hitter and not the pitcher. So the pitcher doesn't get some good action, right? The, the hitter does. He can kind of get probably home runs and all the rest of it. The pitcher has to adjust what he's doing. So the first time Jose went up to the mound to kind of have a look and see and scope the field, he was actually quite concerned. He, he noticed the, the park was shaped differently to the Astrodome that he was at before. And he said... I'll never be able to pitch here. The fence is way too close. He went from being a 21-game winner to a 16-game loser. It was considered one of the biggest negative turnarounds in the team's history. So he was a winner, and then he ended up losing. So what happened? Well, he prophesied his future. Negative thoughts came, and sure, it's normal, but instead of ignoring them, he made the mistake of speaking them out. 
When you speak it out, you're giving life to your faith. When you speak it out, you give life to your faith. When you speak it out, you give life to your faith. Hmm. As Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2, you've been trapped by what you have said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. That one, that one got me, I'm not going to lie. You've been trapped by what you have said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. This is not Louise's story. This is what God is saying. And I take what he says pretty seriously. To be ensnared or trapped by what I've said? Wow. It's a little bit like that expression, turn around and bite you on the bottom. Have you heard that one? It's a bit like that. But I didn't think it was appropriate to say I said it anyway. See, crazy. Now, I remember my nunnu. Now, God bless him, he's passed away. Now, I remember my nunnu. And growing up, he was a great man, like a great, great man. He was friendly and he was generous, but he always had something negative to say. And being full-blooded Italian, I just sometimes wonder whether it came with the turf or not. But he always had something negative to say. Like he'd always say something about, oh, my life is hopeless. No one ever is good. I'm going to die soon and all of this kind of stuff. And that was his script day in and day out. One particular day I'll never forget. So he was going on and on about it. My nonna's got a big um, pizza oven at the back of her house. So we would go regularly and um, we would make pizzas and stuff like that. So, you know, we'd go over. And I was older. I think I was in my 20s at the time. And so I was hanging out, having a cup of coffee with my nonna. As much as Mr Negative Nelly, I was hanging out with him. And then we all came in to have a break. And so we're sitting there and having coffee. And then he goes, mm, today I'm die." Okay. No, I tell you right now, this, this now, I'm die, you finish, over, not sissy, now I die. And he kept going on and on and on about him dying. Today's the last day, he's finished, one foot's in the grave, it's over. I'm like, you're looking pretty healthy to me, buddy, just saying. But okay, it's happening today. So it was going on. Now, did you think I kept quiet about that? I didn't. And I said, right, come on, no. I grabbed my keys. I said, let's go. Where do we go? We're going to Karakata. Now, Karakata, for those podcast listeners, is a place where we bury our people once they've passed on. So I said, we're going to Karakata. What the for? Well, you're going to die. We may as well drive there, save the trip, and we can put you right there. And he said, you, you're so naughty. You, I'm dead today. I have one foot in the grave, and you may as well push the other one in. And I'm like, oh, man, this man. And seriously, he was not happy with me. He was not happy with me. He told my mum off because I was rude to him. Mum's like, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I love it. Love Italians. They get in trouble for what I did. <laughs> the parents do anyway because they didn't trait, they didn't, you know, grow you right. But the reality is this. <laughs> that was his script all the time. And yes, we laughed about it later. And yes, it was funny. And still he hated me for it. But the unfortunate thing that over time, he actually did end up getting really sick and he ended up passing away. And the sad thing is that that was the script of his life, that it was almost like his self-fulfilling prophecy. He ended up kind of passing the way that he would always talk about, which is a real shame. Now, on the other hand, I have my grandmother, who is his wife. She's 93 years of age next week or this week. One of the, yeah, next week. And the great thing about this woman, she has had hardships, of course. 
I mean, she kind of grew up in the war times and all the rest of it and moved from Italy over to Australia and did all that kind of stuff. But she was an absolute, the kind of person who would absolutely declare God's truths every time. She would stand there and say, wouldn't let her circumstances be the dictator of who or what she is. She would always trust God, speak his truth and speak his word. I'll flick a picture up of her. You will see her. So that's me and her. That was when we did our sauce making day. And that's her on that day. She's sitting under the tree. And she's 93. And you know what she says to me all the time, which I love? And I've said it, the English version, but I'll tell you the Italian version, then I'll translate it. She says, Dio vedo e provedo. God sees and provides. And that is a script that she still says at 93 when she's hunched over walking but she's not backing down for anybody. She's not sitting down for anything. Even to this day, she encourages me with the things like, if I say, oh, no, no, this happened and I'm so sad, she goes, oh, zitto, that means quiet, stop. What do the gods say? And I'll be like, oh, okay. But we need people like that in our lives to help guard and guide us so we're actually declaring his truth. You may be in a difficult time right now, but let me challenge you, let me challenge us. Don't use our words to describe the situation. Use our words to change the situation. Declare your victory each day. Declare your health. Declare your favour. Declare your abundance. Yes, it doesn't look like it, but it doesn't mean that God isn't working on it. And we've got to remember that. You know, psychologists talk about self-efficacy, right? And why believing in ourselves is um, the ability to deal with various situations. And they say that. And it can play a role about how we feel about ourselves and whether we'll be successful or not. These are psychologists that actually study and there's evidence based to show that, which is great and it's helpful because it gives us the tools to unpack to see what we do about it. But can I go out and say... That's actually God's plan all along, to actually talk about a thing that is going to define our future is important. What we say is going to give us that fulfilment, be it death, be it life, we can choose. We decide that we can speak out the favour of God. I have favour of God. I can do all things through Christ. I am blessed. I'm strong. I'm healthy. When we do that, we bless our lives. We just spoke favour into our future. We send our words in the direction we want them to go. Maybe we've been through a disappointment, a relationship that didn't work. We didn't get the promotion that we were banging on. Instead of complaining and saying, well, why should I care anyway. I know it would happen. I never was going to get it. I never have breaks. It's just my luck. Things suck. So why care? Our declaration should be one that says, I know when one door closes, God will be opening another door. What was meant for my harm, God will turn around for my good. I'm not only coming out, I will come out better off than I was before. And we can make those statements with authority knowing that God is meeting us every moment we say it because he can confirm his word. I'm just going to jump ahead because I'm conscious of the time. 
but I do want to kind of hover on a couple of things before we wrap it up today. See, the reality is this. When we speak the words out, we start to get a picture of what that then looks like. And God can help us get that truth on the inside of us to then allow us to start moving from. Does that make sense? When we speak out life and truth, then God has something that he can work with for us to step into. We have the opportunity to prophesy in our lives. And prophesy means to exhort, to declare truth, godly truth. And we are in a position as a church to make that our script. We can choose, because let's be honest, we are going to say something, right? We are. We're not in denying, we're not denying that things won't come out of our mouths. But can I challenge us to consider what is it that is coming out of our mouth? What is speaking into our future? What are the words we're using to declare things over our lives and our kids' lives? Let's not talk about the problem. Let's talk about the solution. How many times have we heard that before? Joel writes, let the weak say I'm strong. And what I love about this, he doesn't say let the weak talk about their weakness. Let the weak call five friends and talk about how sucky things are. Let the weak complain about the weakness. Let's sit in the weakness and then let's kind of... Elevate that as the the concern. No, he says, let the weak say exactly the opposite that they feel. Because the reality is we know that there's a weakness there. We feel weak. That's normal. Or the reality is our circumstances, we might not have the funds for that. Or um, we don't have that job yet. That's true. Yes. But what Joel is challenging us to do is say that I am strong. So flip the script and see what we can do on the other side of that. When we do that, we'll change how we feel and we change our attitude. We won't go into the day defeated, poor or negative, or with a victim mentality. We will start our day with a positive mentality, with a pep in our step and a smile on our face and a strong posture. And I just want to hover on this strong posture. So I um, teach the whole range of um, high school students from year seven through year 12 is not, they've left already. So year 11s, they've kind of done as well. And um, I work as head of year nine and 10 at my school with um, one as, kind of as a support role for the other head of year nine and 10. And when the boys come in to um, talk with me, because I am short, Posture is a really important thing for me because what I get them to do, and they've come in and they're probably talking about something that they've got in trouble for, right? Like it would have been they were disrupting in class or they were doing something. And I always make them, I say, okay, do let's sit down. We sit down so we're kind of equal. And I'll ask them, I want to see your eyes. Take your hat off for me and shoulders back and let's talk on an even playing field. What happened? Help me understand. And I can tell you the moment that their shoulders are back, 
their heads up and eyes to me, I can see their countenance change. Even though they might feel bad for what they've done or may have thought, geez, I shouldn't have, you know, I don't know, sworn in class, whatever they've done, we actually have an opportunity to correct some stuff and change the way we're going to move forward. Because, yes, we're going to speak about what wasn't good, but what we're going to talk about also is what we can do better, what we can do in our future. And I say to them, you're better than that. You're smarter than that. I know that you're intelligent. I know that you've got a brain in your head. And I know that that probably wasn't the wisest thing to do. But you know what? We're actually going to move forward and we're going to say, I'm going to make a good choice today because I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. And I'm actually going to make a choice that is going to be kind and considerate. They walk out of there, posture's changed. This morning, that is what God wants us to know. We, as followers of Jesus, have a posture. We have a declaration. Let us be those people in our world. Shoulders back, head high. We are children of God. We are daughters of a king. We are sons of a king. We have his authority in our lives because he's called us. He's anointed us. He's appointed us. He has said that we are the above and not below, that we're the head and we're not the tail, that we are his children. We're created in his image. We have plans. He has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. We have a future. We have a destiny. We are called by him. We are marked by his grace. And we say that we are his children. This morning, can our posture be life and not death? Can our future be filled with life and not death? Can we use words that are going to speak what we want to see? Can we do that? Here in our church, what we do when we gather on a Sunday, do we speak what we want to see? Do we declare the miracles that we want to see in this house? Do we declare the breakthrough that we want for people's lives? Do we speak prosperity over our community? Do we stand and say we're going to not speak to that sickness, we're going to speak to that healing? Do we say that? If we don't, then my encouragement is that we start. Those families that we want to bring to this house start speaking salvation over their lives. That friend, that family member, that neighbour, that whoever, we want to see them follow Jesus because we know eternity is written on the hearts of men. So Lord, I declare that they are in this house because you call them to be here. Are we going to be that church? The answer is yes, we are. Because every single one of us is called by him with a plan that's assured and a future that is bright and incredible. Will it be bumpy? You bet your bottom dollar. Will it be easy? No way. But then we can't see God in it, if it is sometimes. It's nice if it's easy. Sometimes it will be easy. Sometimes it will be hard. But every moment of every opportunity that we have on this God-blessed earth, will we be the ones who are going to choose to speak life into our future, life into our kids' futures, life into our colleagues, life into our boss, life into our community, life into our church, life into general public? Because God is here. And we have that opportunity 
to see him move. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to end. I declare God's incredible blessing over our lives. I will see an explosion of God's goodness and a sudden widespread increase. I will experience the surpassing greatness of God's favour. It will elevate us to a higher level than we've ever dreamed of, of explosive blessings are coming our way. This is my declaration. Amen. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.